HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is presented by Corgi Spirits and Chai Pani Restaurant Group. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in that rhythm and blues that's him. It's gonna get you something. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Souther Teague. Uh-oh. Dude. Is my mic live? Yeah. Oh, my headphones I, aren't. I can hear you. Okay. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, there we go. Um... There I am. Yeah, there you are. Hey. There you are. Hey, so. buddy. Hey, man. Dude, you were in Italy last week. I was. It was um, amazing. Um, I was in three cities in five days. It was kind of like being in a, like you when you go on tour with your band. Like It was a lot of work, um, a, lot of, a lot of carrying my bags around, but got to see a lot of stuff and do a lot of things. Nice. Did you bring back some cool stuff? No, I brought back nothing. Wow. That's shocking. Um, I brought back... Well, I mean, you probably didn't want to... You probably just had to carry on the entire time. Exactly, right? yeah. uh, because we moved from Bologna to Milan, or sorry, to Rome to Milan. So it's a, you know, Italy's just barely bigger than California, but that's a big place, and we kind of went all the way from the south to the north. So carrying too much stuff with me wasn't a great right. uh, prospect. Um, but I brought back a lot of great connections so that I can get some stuff. There you go. And um, Sarah Morrissey was there with you. Sarah Morrissey I, and uh, Nick Bennett. And Nick Bennett. A great trip. I know. I, I know thought you guys were having fun from your Instagram feeds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were definitely having a good time. One of my favorite spots uh, we went to was uh, um, uh, it was called the the Back Door. Um, uh, a bar that boasts itself as the smallest bar in the world. Four seats. <laughs> Um, which you know appeals to me because because I run such a tiny place at Amori Margo, but um, really freaking charming and and great way that they execute it. Really very cool. Highly recommend if you're mm-hmm. in uh, that was in Milan. <laughs> I can't remember where I was at all these stages, but that was in Milan. It was amazing. Um, plus went to the Jerry Thomas Project. Plus went yeah. to New Lounge, which is a tiki bar um, in uh, Bologna. Like what's a tiki bar doing in Bologna? I'll tell you what it's doing. It's kicking ass. <laughs> like it was amazing. Um, you were there with Montenegro, correct? Amaro Montenegro sponsored the trip. They brought us over as kind of a residency. The plan is that uh, we met a bunch of bartenders and, and bar owners, and we were trying to talk some of them into coming back to America, um, maybe in the You're spring. You're poaching from, there are not enough bartenders here? No, no, not to keep them, Italy. not to keep them. Have them come here and do kind of what we did there, you know, gotcha. tour around, yeah. see some stuff, learn some things. We At each of the cities, we went into a bar in the daytime with a bunch of bartenders and, and just kind of had like a, a roundtable session where we talked about you know, the techniques that we use in America versus what they use there and why and, and, and you know, how we're using specifically Amaro in cocktails, uh, whereas they're kind of tossing, just starting to do. Well, yeah, that too, but they're just starting to use Amaro in cocktails, you know. Um, it seems weird since they've had them the whole time, but they don't view them as necessarily right. a cocktail ingredient. They're already a cocktail. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, you know, exchange. it was an exchange of ideas uh, the whole trip, which was tons of fun. 
Really tons of fun. Great, man. And how about you? What have you been up to? Oh, man. Uh, we had we had a really awesome event on Sunday night with uh, uh, Bookman's Rum at Grand Army. Uh, I had DJs and Haitian food. It was a blast. Haitian food? Rad. Yeah, man. It was fun. It was a really good time. And then, and, and then yesterday was your mom's birthday. Yesterday was my happy birthday, happy happy sixtieth birthday to Ramona Bolte. She's <laughs> listening in Lone Wolf, Oklahoma. Heck yeah, she is. Does she know about the new time? Yeah. Okay. Good. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're on at two now instead of three, which is good. Yeah. It's actually kind of fun because getting out of the subway, it's, there's not all the school kids getting out right at three o'clock. Oh so. yeah. <laughs> Well, plus I don't have to race off to work right after. Yeah, that's true. I can so hang out. So we get lunch after this. Exactly, that'd be great at Roberta's. Yeah, um, um, dude, what about Coup? I heard, I heard Coup is. We had to close the brick and mortar um, for uh, for good reasons. Um, we're taking it on tour. Great. Um, so uh, similar to what I, mean, I you you told us that you were going to do that from the beginning, right? Yep. Um, so we're we're doing. Uh, We've already lined up cities, uh, Richmond, Virginia. Um, we've got some contacts happening in New Orleans, Louisiana, Philadelphia, Chicago, um, Denver, right? Um, I mean, you've got to do D.C., right? Uh, D.C., sure, that they're on the list. Uh, um, so, yeah, well, the whole idea is that we're going to take this, um, you know, charitable organization on the road um, and, and get people to come out in different cities and do good while being bad. So uh, this was kind of always part of the plan. Um, it just happened a little quicker than we expected it to um but yeah it's gonna be great we had a big blowout party at coup on its last night on saturday while i was still in italy uh so sadly i missed it um but uh it's it's greener pastures ahead for for the for the concept yeah um yeah i mean we're it's gonna be awesome and you you're still locked into coming so now you gotta travel with you yeah yeah. i mean i know you like to i like to travel do some traveling yeah so sure do we'll pick a city that you want to go to maybe lone wolf oklahoma there's one bar there, and they don't have <laughs> liquor, so <laughs> I don't know. But that doesn't mean anything. Uh, exactly. This is a this is a, a, an opportunity to come together and have a good time and, I I and a, raise money for charity. Yeah, I probably got have a connection with Keystone Light. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Let's move well, on to our guest today. Indeed. Man. Uh, so here in the studio with us, we've got uh, um, Darren and Leslie, and they operate the bar Subject, which is just behind uh, um, Suffolk Arms over in the Lower East Side, real close to my apartment. Uh, and it's a great bar. Welcome to the studio, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so f- I want to start with, with Leslie first. You, first of all, they brought cupcakes. They brought cupcakes. <laughs> yeah. That's why they I wanna, go where I go. That's why I want to start with you. So you brought cupcakes from Prohibition Bakery, mm-hmm. which is a, a business you operate. Yes. And where is that? Um, that is also on the Lower East Side. We're actually catering and delivery only, so production-based okay. model. How do I not know where it is? Uh, we had a store on Clinton Street at 9 Clinton for five years, but just closed it recently because the rent's too damn high. Common yeah. problem. Yeah, unfortunately um, it is. And w- what's the program there? Because I'm looking at these things, and they all have... Uh, you, you brought me a little map of the cupcakes that are yeah. in the box, and... They all have cocktail names. There are many boozy cupcakes, so everything has raw alcohol in it, added after baking. They're all based on cocktails. Some are a little bit more abstract, but for the most part, cocktails. Yeah, that's our bestseller. That's a six-point sweet action, Nutella, white truffle, and pretzels. So I could pretty much just make that and have a business. (laughs) (laughs) Pretzels and beer. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, yeah, man, Mm -hmm. old-fashioned. yeah, white Russian. These look awesome. Thank you. Um, Birthday cake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For your mom. I haven't made one of those in a while. <laughs> um, and so, and you also wrote a book about this, right? Yeah, I uh, put out a cookbook in October of 2015 with Sterling Epicure. Rad. Cool. And under the same name, Prohibition Bakery. Exactly. That's pretty rad. On uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, at the bar. Available where <laughs> books are sold. Yep. <laughs> um, Oh, you sell it at the bar too. Yep. I know. I knew. I saw a copy there, but you guys, your your um, your check presenter, your check presenters are mm-hmm. books. Yeah. Our check presenters are um, a book of poetry written by our head bartender, Katie Byram, uh, and then we also use the cookbooks for them sometimes. But the cookbooks are a little too heavy <laughs> for the most part. I didn't realize it was always Katie's book because mm-hmm. I see all those books stacked around the place. Well, sometimes we it's have a lot, of, a lot of checks going out. <laughs> True, yeah, I guess so. Um, uh, so. Uh, 
how long have, I don't want to just leave you sitting over here, but I want to talk to you first, Leslie. How, how, how did you get into Prohibition Bakery? How did that start? Were you a bartender first or yeah. you a baker the whole time? How did it? Um, I've always baked a lot. I have no formal training whatsoever. Uh, I moved to New York to work in publishing. That didn't work out so well, so I became a bartender. Um, and and yeah. then published a book. Shocking, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, and so while I became, uh, while I was bartending, I met my old business partner and we had this idea and it just went off like crazy. It was, you know, a funny concept that we thought might be interesting. And a month later, we were doing orders for Google. What, let's <laughs> reel it back a little bit. You moved here to New York to, to, to do publishing. From where did you move? Uh, Sarasota, Florida. Yeah. Um, and what then made you jump behind the bar from that? Um, I've been working in the restaurant industry for years. I started out, my first job was uh, working at a bagel shop. I would go in after class in high school and sweep up the floors and uh, mop the bathrooms. And then, you know, went to waiting tables Everybody and then bartending. And yeah, so it's just, it was always a, an easy fallback for me. It's always been an environment that I was very comfortable in and, and pretty competent in, I'd like to think. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, pretty competent. You've gotten you've you've gotten this far, and and it's in in the city where I think it's the hardest to. I don't know. Do I think that because I live here? No, is you're it, right. Is it, is <laughs> no, it the, it's the truth. Or is every city the hardest city because that's where you live? Yeah. Um, well, that's. Where were you bartending in New York when you first started? Uh, my first gig was at Tortilla Flats. Where I got all the bad habits. What is Tortilla Flats? <laughs> Tortilla Flats yeah. is a uh, Tex-Mex dive in the West Village. It's been there for about 35 years now. A lot of people made a lot of bad choices there, but it's real fun. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm into it. Let's go have some <laughs> afternoon margaritas. Yes. Um, and you two partnered up to, to take over subject, but what, let's talk to you. What, where, where did you begin in this, in this field? Uh, the starting point. You're not from here either. I'm Is not from, yeah. from here. None of us are from here. No, none of us I, are from I here. I say no one's from here, man. I was born in New York. Fair. In the city? Upstate. I see. <laughs> <laughs> That's still, always the response. <laughs> still not here. Uh, I'm from Omaha. And uh, about like 2000 or so, my brother uh, opened up a bar. He was 23 years old. He had graduated college by a week. And it was this funny opportunity with his mentor to kind of take over the space. It was a, it was a bar that was opened randomly. They would, it was the dawn of cell phones. They would just call their friends and be like, we're actually open tonight. They like Jack Daniels and Bud Light, whatever else too. And so they bought it for like 15 grand and they paid it off in like two months. We accidentally opened a bar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he was planning on going <laughs> to dental school. He was, you know, he was a business major and all that good stuff too. And within six months, through just a series of, like, lightning bolts continually hitting, he co-owned four places. What? Yeah, and he was 24 by the time, you know, they had four places. So one of them was his mentor owned Lazari's Pizza, and he decided to take over his mom's business in Omaha, so they sold it to him and, you know, one of his friends. And then the neighbors were trying to get rid of one of their bars, so they bought that. And then there was Sidetrack Tavern, which was essentially this Husker bar that would pay their rent based on keg sales for the first game day. You know, like it was just, but they weren't really open most of the time. It was just huge. And so they had all that, and that's kind of, I had waited tables. I mean, like I did stuff like that. It was just, it was a little brother thing. It's like come here and work door, come here and bar back, you know, and all those things. And I kept getting further and further into it. I moved to LA for a year, and uh, that's my disaster story. I was there during the writer's strike. <laughs> I was a 20th Century Fox. I just made no headway whatsoever, and I kind of came back. But you were, you were writing for, like, television? No, it was not that cool. That was the plan, but I, I mostly read uh, screenplays and teleplays and stuff like that. I was at Seed, Hugh Jackman's production company at 20th Century Fox, just writing coverage, you know, essentially. And the momentum that I had when that internship was ending was literally when the writer's strike started. And the writer's strike went on for like four or five months. Right. So it was just at that point, it's like, well, that's a lot of credit card debt. Let's reorganize. And I also didn't really want to be in development. It was dumb. You know, like I wanted to write or I didn't want to write. And I came back and I had my first trip to New York that fall and I was at Union Hall and I fell in love with bocce ball and I between that and a bar in Colorado Springs called Golden Bee, I started, it started to seep into my head of like, oh, I should just open up a bar because it's easy, right? Yeah, and I'll, easy. I'll totally like, I'll, you know, I'll work really hard for like a year or two and then I'll be able to write, you know, and that, of course, never happens. Uh, and you kind of go down like another year or so and uh, I was starting to plan on actually opening a bar uh, with my friend Spencer Ashburn. And... The sort of starting point for all this is that we had this conversation. He wanted to name the bar after a friend of his who had passed away. And I said, mm, you know, the problem with that is that it's, it's a nice thing to do. But 
there's this patina of sadness that will always be on the bar. Right. So you can kind of make references to it or whatever else too, but like that's kind of a problem. And then three months later, my brother passed away. Oh. And so the starting point is like December 1st, 2009. And at that point, my brother had separated from his business partners very amicably and only had one bar. And we were seven days away from opening up a new place. And he died very suddenly. He was 32. And I spent the next year and a half, two years, realistically just dealing with the estate. And we sold the bar on February 15th, 2010, which I remember because it's my mom's birthday. And then seven years later to the day, we took over subject. So there's a lot of like crazy dates that kind of go along with this. And the, you know, I moved to New York because Matt Rush, the previous owner, actually hired me from Omaha. I was doing research trips. I went to Amori Margo. I went to all the obvious places too. And uh, he saw an opportunity and I was a little bit shocked that he wanted to hire me. And I moved up to New York with the anticipation of being in New York for about a year, year and a half. Mm -hmm. Moved back to Omaha finally opened a cocktail bar. And about seven months in, Matt found out he had lung cancer. So I stayed on for about another eight months and I was fried. It was, I was working hundred hour work weeks and like I had a tremor. Uh, I was working insane hours. I was fixing air conditioning units and, you know, and coolers and all of these things were kind of going wrong. And I didn't anticipate that he could pass away. He was in treatment and he was very positive and optimistic about it too. And I thought for the health of the bar, it made a lot more sense to just hand it off to someone else mm -hmm. with about five weeks notice and then kind of staying on for whatever things that had to be done after that. And about two months after that, he did pass away. And it just happened like, you know, he was getting better and it was like that. Yeah. Which is, you know, unfortunately, I didn't, I think that I had blinders because my brother was a bar owner. He passed away and it's like, there's no way this happens twice. I never thought that out loud, but I think that like after the fact, I'm like, that couldn't happen to someone. There's, you know, that's too cute. There's too many parallels. And, you know, the thing that's sort of insane is like when we were taking over the bar and we had two weeks notice, it was, it was very shotgun. It was very, very quick. The, the bar was not doing well. Uh, the sales were really, you know, kind of falling apart. It wasn't in very good shape. And so we had two weeks notice and we kind of took it over, but I was dodging 215. I was like, how about 222? I wasn't saying, I didn't, I didn't even say anything to Leslie. I'm like, how about 27? You know, anything that was not 215. And they're like, no, that's when rents do. That's when you're going to take over. And right. I saw it as a positive. You know, seven years to the day, you know, we sold my brother's bar after he passed away. We took over this bar. And then the early conversation that Leslie and I had was like, this is a bad situation. And like, this is, you know, it cannot be a fun dive bar. You know, it can't be that. It has to be positive. There has to be color and flowers and candles. And, you know, we have to execute a cocktail program that has as many positive elements as possible. You know, like one of the things I love about Amoria Margo is that this sort of, aside from the, just like the sophistication and the quality and stuff like that too, is like, I do believe, um, you know, Amari is better for you. And I know the idea you fall through like a slippery slope of if you're going to like talk about like healthier cocktails, but yeah. it's not a bad goal. It's not, you know, like if you're just trying to do the best version of something with the ice being super clean and if you're dealing with ingredients that are super fresh and if you're dealing with spirits that are like a better elevation at a better quality, it's better for the guest. And I feel that when you execute that on a really good level where the engagement is not just intoxication, but just like flavor and all of these other elements of engagement that you can get from a guest, they have a better experience. They're willing to pay the price point that you have to charge in New York and you've created a, an experience for them to enjoy. I mean, yeah, we talk about that constantly, like Damon and I on and off the air. Like uh, you, you can it, no longer is it an option. Um, I don't think anywhere, but certainly not in New York City to just uh, kick a hole in a wall and, and, and serve beers and, and have people come in and pay for them. Yeah. Um, you have to offer an experience. Um, and your bar certainly does that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are at the half point let's take a break yep take a deep breath we're going to come back and talk more about subject in the lower east side yeah
This episode is presented by Corgi Spirits. House to Jersey City's first and only distillery, Corgi Spirits meticulously crafts small batch ultra premium gins with wonderfully unique botanical blends. Their brilliant spirits are suited for drinking on their own or in making cocktails that are refined yet playful, much like the dogs after which the brand is named. Every ounce of Corgi's handcrafted products shows their commitment to the pursuit of spirits supremacy, pairing flavor with flavor for the ultimate alchemical combination. And because Corgi spirits love dogs as much as they appreciate exceptional drinks, a portion of profits from every bottle of Corgi is donated to local dog and animal rescue organizations. Learn more about their mission to craft a better breed of spirits while helping save animals by visiting corgispirits.com. This episode is also sponsored by Chai Pani Restaurant Group. From Bombay to Buncombe and Asheville to Atlanta, Chai Pani has extended the love of food, culinary experience, and storytelling to the Southeast. Founded by Merwan and Mali Irani, Chai Pani Restaurant Group includes two locations of Chai Pani, plus MG Road Bar and Lounge, Batawala, and Buxton Hall Barbecue. Learn more about Chai Pani and watch their documentary series, Cutting Chai, at chaipaniRestaurantGroup.com. That's C-H-A-I-P-A-N-I restaurantgroup.com. And we are back. You're <laughs> there we are. To the speakeasy. Um, we have some great guests in the studio today. Um, I do want to give a shout out to our new sponsor, uh, our latest sponsor. Uh, I got to meet Bob from... Uh, Corgi Spirits uh, a couple weeks ago I was judging a competition out there in Jersey City. Oh, neat. Man, Jersey City is really cool. There's a lot going on. And uh, Bob was really nice. And uh, everyone was super, super cool, nice. And they're into it, man. They've got a nice little burgeoning cocktail scene going on out there. Jersey City. Jersey City, man. Up and coming. They're voted I mean, it uh, seems like that's logical. New York City's best borough. Or New York's best borough, actually. <laughs> Did you know that? No. Yeah. Beat Brooklyn. And and also, uh, they're the apparently the most diverse city in the United States. Uh, like census wise, like like diversity of yeah. peoples. Yep. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. How how densely populated? I, we're getting off topic. Yeah. We are. Yeah, no idea. Anyway. Uh, well, that's Thanks, Bob. Yeah. Cor- corgi spirits. Um, speaking of spirits, um, you brought us something to drink. Yeah. You want to talk about it? Uh, so Col- and, and why you chose it? Yeah, Koval is out of Chicago, and uh, they're farm the bottle. Essentially, like they deal with uh, farmers in the surrounding regions, and uh, it's very clean. It's very, um, it's kind of like Irish whiskey in terms of like profile. It's creamy. It's eighty proof. Uh, it's a little bit young. Uh, the branding's dope. Uh, but one of the things that we kind of want to do a subject with that idea of like dealing with like locality or regionality of like, you know, really fresh ingredients is that we also kind of want to support any uh, brewers or distilleries that actually deal with, you know, farm to glass methods or doing like all these really kind of pure ideas. So it's also, it also tastes good and it's whiskey. <laughs> so I also enjoy that as well. That's, uh, that's the clincher. <laughs> it also tastes good and it's whiskey. Koval. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. Did you say where it's from? Is it still in it's Chicago? Chicago. Yeah. Oh. I had them on the show, like, from in the very beginning, like, oh wow, before you were born. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the land before time. And they've changed your packaging, and it looks really great. Yeah, it's mm. nice. Maybe that's why I don't recognize it. Yeah, it used to be a tall bottle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So now it's in a little slow slung shoulder. Well, it's delicious. Right, it is kind of creamy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get back on the the subject. Oh, yeah. that's never going to get old. It's, yeah. it's going to keep happening, too. Yeah, I hope it like people are still thinking that we're a fish bar, yes. not a fish bar. Wait, what? The band? Yes. Matt was hippie enough to know what that is. I know. Uh, Matt was uh, he was a fish fan and we uh, live streamed, uh, you know, whenever they would do uh, whenever they would do a live stream. And it was a different bar. And Matt, it was one of his like great pleasures of his life. But he admitted if the bar did better, we wouldn't do it. It was kind of, it was mostly during the summer, a lot of those dates. And it was a different bar at that point. But with our liquor license, we literally can't do it because it's so tied to no live performances and no TVs and no projection and no this and no that, whatever else too. And so it was just like, well, okay. I think I actually was there one night and someone came in and asked (laughs) about 
they still come in and ask about it? Yes, all, all that's right. When you were yeah, when you were in that Sunday, like someone Anytime walked in the door. They're streaming. We get nonstop phone calls, emails, Facebook messages, people popping in because we're the first Google hit that comes up for New York Fish Bar. We're on all the Reddit fish forums. We're everywhere. <laughs> nobody nobody goes back go and away. cleans yeah. up the internet. It will no. never go away. And it's like yeah. it, it's it's tricky because they're nice people. I'm a former jam kid. I, I hate to admit, and like I, I get it, but like we we don't do that anymore. You know, we just can't. <laughs> um. Okay, so Brian, where <laughs> <laughs> to go from there? No, and it's funny too because like there's you know there's legacy issues. They really matter. It's just like you want to maintain fingerprints if you can, and like uh, we have a book. It's kind of cute, but it's like it's sort of like a book format menu. Because uh, it's called subject, uh, which we're trying to yeah, work and on the, the decor of the place is a bunch of books, and as yeah. we mentioned earlier, the Czech presenter is a book, yeah. written by our friend Katie Byram. Yeah, and it's um, like you don't want it to go kitsch, but like it, it does make sense. But uh, we have essentially like a copyright page, and it says subject by Matthew Rush. It was the best way to like quietly sneak him into the bar, and there's like little details we can do with that. But there's things that you can't maintain, and one of them is like, well, it can't be a fish bar anymore. You just yeah. can't do it. Well, I don't think that's a, I mean, that's a great maybe kickoff place, but that doesn't sound like a sustainable um, uh, concept. You know, I see all really, the Because they've been on tour forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't think we should do a Grateful Dead theme bar. No one's going to be into it. <laughs> it's not going to stick around. Um, well, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see a lot of Grateful Dead bars out there. You, seriously? Are there? Oh, my God, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, especially, well, especially everybody's, on the West Coast. Everybody's oh, interested. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so there are some other, you mentioned right before you, you know, right before the break there that, uh, there are some other strange tie-ins for dates and, and things happening. What, what, what happened yesterday? Uh, so yesterday was the one year anniversary of Matt's passing. Um, and it is also coincidentally my, what would have been my father's 69th birthday. Um, he happened to die the fourth day I opened the bakery. So there's a lot of connections, unfortunately here with, loss and inopportune timing um, that have just kind of run throughout this entire project for both of us. Man. But you both seem to be uh, happy people. Yeah. yeah. It's weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not weird. It's the human condition, right? Yeah. You carry yeah. on. Uh, you got to go through the darkness to see the light, man. Exactly. Yeah, there's that. And there's also, you know, I don't, I don't hide it. Uh, we've talked about it on the air before. I'm somewhat of a nihilist. Like, you know, we're all going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess the, the, the quicker you can sort of face it and, and embrace it is kind of makes you a little bit easier to cruise through the rest of what you've got, uh, which seems like you guys have done. Like, seems like there's a lot of like potentially sorrowful things, but yet you guys seem really happy and upbeat. You've got this bakery that makes these quirky little things and you wrote a <laughs> book and now you've got the, the cocktail bar. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, I mean, Brian and I talk about this a lot, actually, that you really you can choose how these sorts of events in your life shape you. Um, and you, you make a choice as to whether or not you want to let it make you, you know, a sad, angry, bitter shell of a person, which I went in that direction a little bit initially. Or you choose to grow from it and, you know, in a, a weird kind of way, be reborn from it. And I, I think that that's something that we both have done a really good job with in our lives, considering the things that we have experienced. Sure. And, and both of the businesses seem to have gone through a rebirth. Yep. How, yeah. how, how old is Subject at this point? The, uh, new, the newest iteration. Uh, the newest iteration, I mean, it's, it's February 15th, essentially, you know, and it's, uh, it's a work in progress. Yeah. It, it's so funny oh, man, because that, that part never goes away. Yeah, I know that <laughs> yeah, I do exactly. know that. And, you know, it's so funny, too, because, like, it, it, we weren't going to keep it a subject. It didn't, it didn't seem like the sort of reference point was that I was at my brother's bar about four months before that. And, I mean, the bar is doing well. It's a college bar in Lincoln, Nebraska. It was going to change no matter what. And that's the thing of, like, you know, if someone passes away... Their presence is can maintain as much as it continues, but ultimately they're not there making decisions anymore. So looking at the numbers, and it was a sustainable bar. It wasn't really a successful bar. So then you're like, well, I don't think we can do this. We're going to keep it as subject and just have fun for six months until the liquor license was transferred, which happened Thursday. So we actually officially owned the bar on Thursday, and then the lease is activated. This past all the, Thursday. This past Thursday. This past Thursday. Yeah. All these dates. All these dates happening it, it all the time. It created a lot of confusion for the health department that showed up last night. And they're like, yes. hey, you own it, but it's not the same name on this. And I, we can't even inspect you. They left. They, they didn't know what to do with us. Sweet. That's so a So we, we found the loophole, guys. That's yeah. a win. It's also the <laughs> nicest inspector of all time. I'm like, could you just do it right now? It's really clean. Could you please, like, can we just yeah. get this out of the way? He's like, no, I can't. Like, all right, dude. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was the, the name that I was sort of stuck on was namesake. And I didn't really know why. 
I just thought it was a cool name for a cocktail bar. And then I realized after we decided they were going to keep it as a subject because basically the neighborhood and the people who were coming in were like, you're not going to change it, right? You're not going to change it, right? You're not going to change it, right? And we were like, this is awesome. We don't have to change it. We can do the tone and maintain that and grow it. And elevate, tweaks. you know. Yeah, yeah. But how, how long was the space there before you uh, did it'll, I miss that number? It'll be five years in November is the starting point. So 2012. I can't believe it's been there. That I, I live so close to there. Yeah. It was, you know, it's that problem of like really well-kept secret that's so too good kept of a secret. I mean, my first research trip, the reason why I know about Subject was because I was in an Airbnb above Subject. So I was just, you know, friends were on tour. They're actually coming here on Friday. It was kind of funny. And, like, I kind of joined them on tour for, like, a little bit. And then I was hitting Death & Co. and PDT and Maury Margo and uh, Booker and Dax. And uh, one of the guys was like, hey, there's a bar, like, right beneath us. And I walked in to grab a cider. And then I looked at the menu. I'm like, this is really good. And... Logan McHenry, the previous uh, bar manager, was there. And my favorite cocktail of the entire trip was from Subject. And it's, you know, Matt's whole thing was that he he wanted a quote-unquote non-pretentious cocktail bar. Um, the sort of problem that came along with that is that it didn't read as a cocktail bar. It People would walk in and then they didn't really know it was until they looked at the menu. But he wanted a neighborhood bar and he wanted a cocktail bar. And he didn't want it to be fussy. So that's something that we can still kind of like really embrace. You know, we, we don't have coops. I love coops. We're not doing table service. You know, it's a little bit more casual that way. Uh, so we do just a smaller rocks glass and do down cocktails. But um, it works for the tone. I, I do feel that, like, hospitality is, like, the total removal of tension for a guest. And if you can make a place more casual or at least know, let people can know that they can walk in, in a T-shirt. I mean, Amore's that way. Attaboy's, Attaboy's that way. I sure. never feel like I'm supposed to be wearing something else when I walk into those bars. And that degree of comfort is really important. So that's kind of what we're focusing on. Yeah. You know, I, uh, my team understands that we don't, um, it, I have a, hand, a handwritten, I don't know if I ever showed you, I have a handwritten manual. Because <laughs> 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 like, I got tired of just saying it. So finally I just wrote it down. And you know me, I'm not a very computer guy. It's only like six <laughs> pages long. It was hand, it's like a manifesto of Amore Margo handwritten by me. It's probably going to be something they like show on the news when they've gone me down. That <laughs> <laughs> but in there somewhere to any new hire that gets to read it, um, you know, it says, I'm going to paraphrase myself, but it says, we don't sell, uh, here to Morning Margo, we don't sell the lighting. We don't sell the music that we curate. We don't sell the bitters uh, that, are on the, that are on the back bar for sale. We don't sell the books that we sell or the barware that we sell. We don't even sell the cocktails that we sell. We sell hospitality. It comes at $15 a pop and all the rest of that stuff comes free with it. Yeah. Right. So that's the core value set that we have at our bar. And I, I think that, you know, maybe I've worded it in some weird, goofy way, but I think that's a common thread among bars like yours. And like you just mentioned, Attaboy, certainly Grand Army. Like we 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 want people to come in and have a great time, um, regardless of, of what it is they actually purchase. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. to. And I feel that when I walk into your bar. Good. Thank you. I it's a relief because, like, you know, we look at the bar as like what we haven't done yet. You know, what's not fixed right. or, you know, what's not coming together yet. But that's always going to be that way. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's awful. That's, it's that's, really awful. No, it's no, like, no. no. Yeah. That's actually the sign of a good business owner. Like, yeah. you're constantly trying to fix things. You know, you're looking at like, a fingerprint that's on the, the air conditioner over there. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. stupid shit like that. You know? Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, keeping your eyes open and keeping, like, constantly thinking about how you can evolve it and make it better. Yeah. Do my, my nearly five months now of not being behind the bar on a regular basis at Amori Margo, but I swing by there all the time yeah. mm -hmm. to do admin and, and whatever goofy shit I do. Um, and, yeah, I spot that shit all the time. Yeah, you're mm -hmm. never done. I walk in and I'll, like, face the bitters on the bar because they're not <laughs> facing out. Or right. I'll see that, you know, there's a new... Like I'll spot a new bottle on the back bar that no one told me was there. And I'm like, how, how did someone not let me know that that was here? But they're like, oh, we need to see it. <laughs> Do you yeah. ever walk into your bars and see it as a guest? Are you oh. like almost by accident? Like you can walk in and just see it the yeah. way that most people see it? I try. Uh, but I think for me, it's impossible. Yeah. Um, and, and only because, and I'm, this isn't me like sort of like uh, blowing my own horn or bragging, but like we realized that something like a Mori Margo didn't exist so we created it. And that's not to say like, oh, I don't think there's a sports bar like that sports bar. So I'll make a sports bar. Right. Then when I go to my own sports bar, I feel like I'm at work, but I can go to another sports bar. 
nothing exists like a more. And when I go there, I can't enjoy it as a guest. So yeah. I built something that doesn't exist that I want it to exist that I don't get to but enjoy. You can still yeah. enjoy it, but you don't enjoy I, it as a guest. As a guest. But yeah. do you, can you, like, as a bar owner or, oh, I or get, manager, I, can you enjoy any place as a guest? Because, like, well. even when I go to the Nomad, I'm still looking around at things yeah. and I'm like, oh, I know. Like, how did, why, why is this there? Like, what was the decision for, like, categorizing the bottles this way? You know, all that stuff. Like, when I go to, to the bathroom, I'm like, oh, like, I the definitely. Seafolds are backwards in the machine. Seafolds are backwards in the machine. <laughs> It's, like, it's always like what kind of hand dry- it's always the drying of the hands it's like yes. do they yeah. use like actual like linen legs or, yeah. or sea folds or do they use like this type of hand dryer or is it like actual linens yeah. uh, like actually like that that's I'll say this one of the major things you I look out for when I go into a, a place yeah. yeah oh man all the time me too I, I, I'll say you're totally right about that but weirdly I enjoy all that stuff yeah Right, that is enjoyment for me at yeah. another place. But I can't go into a Mori Margo and enjoy it as a guest. But I do still go in and enjoy it. I look around when I'm not working, and I do go in there. And I'm sure you guys do this at your bars too. I look around the room and I see other people's enjoyment, and that sure. I enjoy to no mm-hmm. end. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if someone engages me in conversation and they don't know that I work there or that it's my bar because I'm out on the front side of the bar and because you're wearing a postman hat or whatever, <laughs> whatever dumb shit I'm doing that day. Um, and they engage me in conversation, and I I love it. Like, like, I'll never not love that. But I do oftentimes think to myself, I've never been to a Mori Margo as a guest. Yeah. <laughs> it just it can't happen. Yeah. It's too small. Even if it was bigger, though. It, I just don't get to happen. It can't happen with you at, at Grand Army, right? I know. You're never a guest. You'd have never to, like, guess. put on a wig and shave your beard, and yeah. like, you'd have to, like, go undercover. Yeah. And even then, you'd be like, this is goofy. <laughs> Why did I shave my beard? Yeah. For, for one experience. I'm trying to... Yeah, I mean, but also, you know, like you said, like like we've all said, it's that is a great thing where, you, like, if I sit in the back of the room uh, at one of the booths, or one of the, the bankheads, and uh, I can see, like, the whole room from the back, like, the back corner. Sure. It's great, man. When Can't the room's see. bustling and you're just looking out and you're seeing people having a great time, that's, like, that's the reward. You yeah. Know? I don't I, I don't understand why you know it's it's not easy to to own a bar or to run a bar and like I don't understand why anyone could do it without the goal of making people happy. It's the best feeling in the world. It's the only thing that really makes it like there totally are worthwhile. Much easier ways to make money. Yes. You know, oh it yeah. Can't yes. Be about Absolutely. That. Right. Yeah. And a yeah. lot more money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With benefits. It's, yeah. It's kind of like being a, a comedian. You know, like you're doing it. You know, especially in your beginning years. I'm sure you're doing it for the laughs. Yeah. You're not doing it for the money. Yeah. I don't do this for the money. I do it for the laughs. Yeah. And the <laughs> like, women. And the women. And, yeah. <laughs> well, Leslie said it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, let's uh, uh, let's sip a little whiskey and get back to talking about um, what's going on at subject. What? So, what is on the horizon? You're not even a year old yeah. uh, in this iteration, um, but you still have a history that's almost what did you say five years old. Yeah. Um, so what's 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 the? And we're never going to get to the ultimate goal, right? Which that's that's forever away. But what's the goal? Where where are we going right now? What's subject doing? I, I mean, that's kind of the funny thing about it, too, because, like, uh, my, my dad is a retired architect. My brother's a, you know, architectural engineer. And, I mean, I'm a systems dude, and I'm also, like, very sensitive to spaces. So, like, ideally, if you opened up a bar, it would be at least look the way it's supposed to look when you started off there. And I think that, you know, due to the situation, which is, you know, two weeks notice to get into the bar, and, like, the, the pens had to be cleaned. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the iceberg tip that I describe of like the state that the bar was in, and it was just like it was a very bad situation. The, the, wait, sorry, the, what the pens? The pens had to be cleaned. Like, everything was a mess. Everything yeah. was a mess. But it was just because like it was it was a bad situation. There's no criticism whatsoever for what was going on before because it was just like it was a mess. We and we inherited a thing where like okay, uh, Empire has to be paid up front, but they have to get the check now before we can even do the order. But Southern's okay. Sure. For this order, and then, COD like, with some people. we have mm-hmm. no access to SLA. We have no access to these accounts. I mean, like, Matt, I think, you know, really didn't think he was going to pass away or had convinced himself that he wasn't going to. So there was nothing. There were no passwords. You know, there was like, so you don't have access to anything. And they didn't either. So you're mostly dealing with the, just, yeah. just the mess of it, you know, like instead of actually being able to, you know, do the bar. So that ended up being like a lot of energy in the first six months. We ended up with an insane crew I'm dumbfounded by, you know, like that are so talented and so committed that they kind of, in a lot of ways, saved us. Um, yeah, you but, got Katie, Katie running the show. You got uh, yeah. Justin, who's a yeah. formidable presence just, <laughs> just by being there because he's a giant man. But yeah. Uh, but also just like a 
sweetheart. I know. He's like, he's like an oak tree that wants to hug you. And mm. hysterical. Yeah. And hysterical. So funny. Quietly funny. Yes. Yeah. We've also got Blake Walker and Casey oh, yeah, Sims, Pablo yeah. Ramirez. We've we've got an amazing team. Holly. Holly, Holly Fitzhenry. Holly. Yeah. She's great. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Holly and then, and then yeah. my bakers, Olivia and Sarah. Just mm-hmm. put that in there, too. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys also do this weird kind of... Um, down the street thing with, with Ivan. Ivan, yeah. Ivan Ramen, right? They are buds. Totally accidental. I mean, people are like, so how did this get structured and blah, blah, blah. It's, a, it's another lightning bolt, which is that they got into Chef's Table on 217. And uh, three days later, their lunchtime server made $900 in tips. It was just like the... They're hiring. They're, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like the crew's super tight. And um, Matt was friends with the previous GM, and I'm friends with the previous GM. And then the current GM, uh, Chad, who's helped us out in about a million different ways, he was in the bar about two weeks in, and the bar shot back up pretty quickly. I mean, not on a huge level, but all of a sudden, roughly to where it was when I was managing it, which was a surprise. And that's one of the reasons why we started hiring very quickly. We didn't really think that we could... I didn't want friends to work 12 hours and make $70. So it's was like, well, we'll grind this out. And then we couldn't. There was too much going on. And so Chad's, Chad's in the bar... And he looks like he's gotten hit by a train. It's a Friday night, and we're busy. And I'm like, do you want to do some snacks for us? He's like, yeah, I mean, we can totally. And I don't remember how the card system kind of came about, but the idea is they have wait times, and then they send people, they give them a card. We give them happy hour the entire night. We give them some snacks while they wait. And then if they want to come back after dinner, we give them Prohibition Bakery cupcakes. So they've, we've also, you know, we've and then we set down. I, the one part of the equation that I remember was my idea was like, give me menus. And he's like, why? I'm like, I want to give them the Ivan menu so they're ready by the time they walk in the door. So Very smart. It, it, yeah. it trims down their totally. own wait time. So yeah. They're, they're retaining customers. We're getting customers. They're turning tables faster. Yeah. You know, everybody's been really, really happy with How it. How far is the walk? It's not... Two it's, minutes and three seconds. Exactly. I literally... I, I timed <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> um, depending on your <laughs> leg length. I don't know. It's, it, it might be two minutes and I mean, 14 for seconds. For me, it takes like two and a half minutes. Yeah. 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 Lower yeah. to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Yeah, because yeah, you guys have the, uh, uh, the, the, it's like Ivan Ramen spicy nuts. Togarashi peanuts. Yeah. Togarashi peanuts. They're delicious. Yeah. Bottomless, it says mm-hmm. on the menu, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been talking to the chef, too. Of like, We just want them to have like more menu presence, you know, so we'll probably do a couple more snacks with them, just so there's more weight on the menu. Dude, get some of the broth and make some kind of weird cocktail. I know, yeah. right? Thinking about it. Dude, yeah. It's I, not impossible. That, that makes me so happy to hear that kind of stuff, you know? like <laughs> High tide was, raises all boats. Absolutely, yeah. man. Synergy. It's great. Yeah. Well, great. and the Lower East Side, I think, in particular, and I'm sure you can attest to this, is really strong in that regard. I find that the businesses on the Lower East Side support each other a lot more than a lot of other areas in New York. Yeah, we're pretty uh, tight-knit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? We all know each other. We all see each other all the time. I think it's because a lot of the folks in, in the East Village and the Lower East Side who operate the businesses also live there. Yeah. You know, I see people walking around all the time who I know that run joints and operate places and yeah. Well, and makes, I, th- I think we also have some of the more difficult landlords because it's still <laughs> a lot of smaller smaller ownership as opposed to the larger corporations. Right, true. And so I think people also, to a certain degree, bond together to deal with those forces when they need to. And also, you know, the joys of being in these pre-war buildings with all of their various problems. And, you know, there's a lot of things to bond over. Just to clarify, our building manager is lovely. Oh, it we was love actually, our landlord It was actually really manager. surprising. <laughs> he was very sensitive to the situation. Um he let Matt not pay for rent for five months. Yeah. Oh, wow. He said, I know what's going on. Just keep us in the loop. We will work with you. He's a mensch. Yeah. A mensch. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's freaking amazing. I know, right? Uh, so that's where you're at right now. Yeah. I, I had asked what's what's coming next. I think, did we yeah. answer that? Because no, we we're at right now. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you got this, you got the place is up and running. You got a great staff. You got cool yeah. cocktails. You got a, a vibe that's inviting and friendly. You got this uh, deal going with Ivan Ramen, which mm-hmm. who can beat that? Like it's it's a great ass place. Yeah, we've got some uh, renovations coming up. We're gonna be retooling the back a little bit. Things that you're not even gonna see, but that are gonna make our lives significantly easier, which we're very excited about. Um, sure. Also adding in some banquets, changing the storefront up a little bit, um, and then probably I would guess in about November, depending upon my schedule, we'll start doing a light brunch as well. What? Um, yeah. yeah. So you know, it's it's gonna be almost like a Prohibition Bakery pop up. Uh, just a lot of uh, pastries and, and yummy things very often incorporating booze, but not exclusively. It's going to be fun. That sounds smart and yeah. charming. <laughs> Go over and get a croissant and a mimosa. Exactly. <laughs> on my Saturday morning before <laughs> I roll into a more for the night. It's, uh, it's kind of funny because like the idea of you know really wanting to have a bar that's defined when you open it. I know, that, I know what you mean, and it's going to change no matter what, but 
it felt like this was an opportunity for the the sort of tone of the bar to be about growth, you know, which that we're we're gonna add some more woodwork, you know, for like the back shelves and kind of all of those things too. So the idea is the bar kind of keeps growing. That's not a bad idea. That's that's absolutely how more is. You know? Really? We, well, yeah, we started that place. <laughs> Jesus, we started that place as a pop up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it, you know, it only had a six month you know timer on it, and then we extended for three more months to nine, and then we extended for three more to a year. And then we said, well, fuck it, let's just keep going until it doesn't <laughs> go anymore. And so you know, believe me, there were so many things that weren't in place because we were just like, we'll just hold it together for six months. Yeah. Ah, we'll just. Band-Aid the thing for another mm-hmm. three months or whatever. <laughs> Didn't that used to be the waiting bar for Cienfuegos? Was that essentially what it was used for? It was before? that for uh, less than four months. It was that. Okay. What it was before that, though, was the dry storage of the kitchen that we're connected to. <laughs> it, was literally, it was literally a closet. <laughs> Um, I thought it was like a sandwich shop at one point. That's what he talking <laughs> was, about. Oh, okay, yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. It was called Chartalis. Uh, right, it right, was, right. It was, it was fake. You know, it was one of those sort of fake entry. It gotcha. was, it wasn't as, uh, it was functional, but it wasn't as functional as say, Criff Dogs is a business. Right. Yeah. That's in front of PDT. That's connected. Chartalis sure. was like, you can get a sandwich here and a daiquiri from the frozen machine. But you can get both of those things upstairs at the bar, so why don't you just go up there? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was, it was basically just a, a, a big room for the doorman. Mm. I do. Okay. I, I do love that idea that like it's such a like cool. New York it thing was great. to be like it was beautiful. You, you like a New York thing of like you change a closet into a bar. Yeah, that's literally what it was. A closet can be anything in New York. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well. you know, like I said, I was just in Italy and I saw this. This is what exactly happened. They had a bar next door called Mug M A G for short for magazine. Um, and uh, there was a storage space next door for rent, and they were like, we kind of need extra storage. And they rented it, and then they were like, fuck that, we're going to put this weird-ass four-seat bar in here. <laughs> and it's charming as fuck, and it's a highly coveted reservation to get, and it's the way they do it is just, uh, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who wants to go there, I just highly recommend you go. It's incredible. And yeah, it is, I mean, we're in this studio that's not very big, it's a fifth of the studio. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. it's four wow. people only. Four people, five, plus the bartender. Um, but it's tiny. Um, well, as is usually the fashion, we've whipped through the show um, with some great stories about what's going on over at Subject. And I encourage everyone to go over there and check it out and yeah. have some drinks. Really great having you guys on the show today. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Really cool origin story, really cool story about where you're planning to go. Uh, everyone should go out and uh, uh, order themselves some uh, cupcakes from Prohibition Bakery as well as uh, go on the Amazon or what have you and order the book, Prohibition Bakery. Um, and then uh, and then go check out Subject and have some drinks and go eat it Ivan Ramen and, and, you know, enjoy the neighborhood. Sounds like a good day. It sounds like a great day. I'm going to rattle off the calendar, yep. if you don't mind. Cool. Um, and, and I do want to give one quick shout out. It's my buddy Chris Marty's birthday today. He owns Bad Decisions over in in, uh, mm-hmm. in Chicago, uh, one, one of the coolest bars on earth. They have, uh, they have uh, uh, Angostura bitters on tap. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's fucking no joke right there, right? And and they call themselves a fancy cocktail bar, um, but, but they're not by any means. Uh, the neighborhood tried to call them that, and they, were, they just said, fuck it, that's what we'll call ourselves then. Bad decisions. Um, next week, uh, I haven't got a firm confirmation yet, but Adam Rich, the founder of Thrillist, um, hopeful that he can come through, because I, I'd be fascinated to talk to this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't live here in New York anymore. He lives out in California, but if he's here, we're going to get him on. following week, we might be having the ladies from the Cat Pack in the room. Uh, the next week, for sure, Jim Meehan is confirmed. He's going to come on and talk about his brand new book. Uh, the following week, Jane uh, Danger and Ola Pushnik are going to come on and talk about their new book. Um, and it's book season, man. It's book season. Um, yeah, that's all I've got on the calendar upcoming. Um, but that's a that's a hell of a list. So please keep tuning in to the yeah. show. Um, I'm going to be out in, on the West Coast this uh, later this month. I'm going to be in San Diego, L.A., it's like maybe San Francisco and definitely in Portland. What um, you doing? Maybe I've confirmed uh, San Diego uh, and LA a couple of guest shifts um, with Brooklyn Gin, mm. and then we're working our way up to Portland for the uh, Bar Institute. So oh, red. So yeah, and I'm also uh, vibes. I'm also planning. <laughs> I'm also planning a. Uh, I was going to ask you about this, but I'm going to ask you right now. Um, Planning a trip to, I've never spent any time in New England, but I uh, kind of want to go take a tour of, there's like, I've been talking to a lot of people up there about like different like cool cocktail bars and restaurants and stuff. I want to do a little tour up there, man. Let's do it. You want a road trip? Yeah, man. Great. I, I, I have some time, not a lot. I don't have a lot of time either, but I mean, you know what? I can make time. Yes. For that, I can make time. You know, one thing I've definitely learned from, and it's been uh, solidified from this conversation on this show today is like, 
Got to do it while you got time, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Lesson, so, lesson learned. Lesson learned. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, let's plan a New England tour. Great. Let's get some bars to host us and absolutely go, go travel around. Cool, man. It's the we'll time the, of year. We'll take the Winnebago. <laughs> the yes. Heritage Radio Winnebago. Let's fire it up. It's a it's an airstream. <laughs> <laughs> Is it an airstream? <laughs> yeah. I wish. It's, um, it's one of these shipping containers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're in it right now. Well, thanks again for coming on the show today. Been a real pleasure. Go. Go check out Subject. Um, yeah, you got a website you want to... Yeah. Uh, that's actually... Uh, funny you mentioned that. Uh, <laughs> um, a friend of mine uh, from uh, Omaha is a really talented designer, and I talked to him right before the show. Uh, there's a domain issue. I don't understand a word that he said, but it's getting fixed right now. So the old website's up, and there's kind of some pictures that indicate what the bar is right now, but uh, it's getting flipped. Uh, possibly now. He said it might be two hours, it might be a day. So there is a website, but uh, the, the current one with the new branding will be up soon. Okay. Right. So just come by the bar in the meantime. Yeah, yes. right. we'll yeah. do that first and foremost. But also uh, check out uh, prohibitionbakery.com. Of course. Some really cool pastries we have in here today. Can't wait to get into them. Yeah. Subject <laughs> corner of uh, Houston and, and Suffolk. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Literally right behind uh, Suffolk Arms. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you do your little local neighborhood crawl, just door to door right there mm-hmm. um, guys thanks so much for being on the show thanks for bringing us some whiskey and some great stories to share um, that's all I've got Damon what yeah, you got that's it alright thanks for listening to the Speakeasy and Heritage Radio check out Heritage Radio Network for many many other programs like this one uh, until next week cheers y'all so you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll Lord knows that country music's gonna save your soul the Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.